Good news, NFL fans. DirecTV has expanded the service. If you live in an area where DirecTV service is not available, or you're actively enrolled in a college or university, you can now get NFL Sunday ticket without a satellite. Plus, there's an exclusive student discount. To see if you're eligible, go online to nflsundayticket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. Packages also available for football fans living in areas where DirecTV service is not available. Today's show is also brought to you by ADT. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. Complete with features like game day service and ADT automation that unlocks the front door for friends who arrive at your place for the game while you're still out getting snacks. Or home run service, which lets you check in on your home's cameras even while you're in the nosebleeds. All from the ADT app or with the sound of your voice. Visit ADT.com smart to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Robert Mays, sitting across this table from Kevin Clark. How are you, buddy? That's how you know it's big. It's the it's your opening day of the NFL season. Robert Mays is in Los Angeles. I, uh, I've been here all week. Uh, writing some stuff about football. Uh, you live here and have been writing some stuff about football, and we're finally here. We've both the have not. Is upon us. The, the key to this whole thing is neither of us have been outside because we've been writing, so it doesn't matter where we live or where we are. My this week especially, I've just been trying to catch sleep at random times, so I'll catch like an hour from like 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. so I can stay up till 2:30. Just it's like, store it wherever just, you however, can get it. Whatever you can catch is micro naps. Wherever you can get it, it's fun. I love this time of year. I've wrote, I broke down every single team this week as I do every year. I four tiers. But one tier a day, all 32 teams. You can read that on TheRinger.com. Kevin did an amazing story today on the Eagles and how they explain the modern NFL. And I think it's something we've talked about really since the Eagles started taking over the league last year and he delved into it. It in, was amazing to yeah, get— in a way that other people have not. It was amazing to get people like Jeffrey Lurie to confirm exactly— what we thought they were doing. Exactly. Um, yeah. I feel like there's some value in that. We had it's, pet theories. Yep. It's and like, then, oh, yeah. I think they're doing this. And he's, well, yeah, I mean, we're more broadly. And like, you know, I just think that the roster that they built, that won a Super Bowl against the Patriots with the backup quarterback. That yeah. speaks for itself. And it's interesting because I posted this story this morning and I got a lot of people being like, okay, bro, they won one year. Like, let's take it easy. And it's like, first of all, they've been winning for 20 years pretty consistently more than almost anybody except maybe the Patriots. And they join now after last year, I would say the Seahawks and the Patriots as teams who have just figured it out in one year. Even if that's just 2017, they built a marvel of a team last year. I mean, you think about just the way that the Rams, I mean, you wrote about this, you know, I, you talked to, well, you quoted Les Snead in the story and talked about how he affected, it affected his decision-making process. Mm-hmm. And you saw how teams ended up changing their thinking because of what the Eagles did, the Rams did. Look what the Bears just did with Khalil Mack and all the guys they signed. You think about just the fact that the Vikings have now gone out and made some moves and gotten some depth that they might not have otherwise just because they understand the importance of what the Eagles model is. So it's has colored the NFL for sure, and it will color, in my opinion, a lot of the choices we make over the course of this show. We are going to do just a big NFL preview blowout today. All the awards, all the predictions. So that is what today is for. We chat a little bit about tonight's game, but for the most part, this is uh, league-wide, my man. We're getting into every single thing. So let's get right into it. Let's start with the statistical leaders in the NFL this year. I love doing this. Um, Let's do passing leader, receiving leader, and rushing leader. It's always just a fun way to kind of think about how certain teams will play, who's going to be good, who's not. So let's start with passing leader. Who do you think will lead the league in passing yards this season? Okay, the top five, as far as August 21st odds go, are all the sort of golden generation, mid-30s quarterbacks, Brady, Breeze, Rivers, Roethlisberger, Rodgers. I like Tom Brady as a passer, but we work with Bill Simmons, and he has spent weeks talking about how the Patriots don't have the weapons for Brady to have a big statistical season. I didn't believe it at first, but he says it enough to the point that I'm 
I still I'm don't buy it. I don't starting, think I'm either. trending towards believing it. And it doesn't matter if I believe it because I also believe so much in Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas in New Orleans, the offensive infrastructure there, that I do believe Drew Brees is about to have a monster season. I go Drew Brees in this spot. So one of the reasons I really like Brees, and we'll get to something related for me here a little bit later, is that I think the Saints defense takes a step back. You know, for all the improvement they made last year. That could help here. uh, That's exactly right. Yeah. So I feel like the game scripts in New Orleans will be a little bit different. So if their defense regresses a little bit, which when you improve that much from year to year, it typically takes a step back. doesn't matter. It's just how it usually goes, no matter what sort of players you added to make that jump happen in the first place. Dennis Allen is still the coordinator of that defense. It's not as if they made this entire structural change. They got a couple good players, and they got a couple more. I mean, they went out and got another pass rusher, but those guys don't necessarily hit huge in year one. So I don't know how good Marcus Davenport is going to be. You know, Patrick Robinson's a really nice slot corner, but I think the defense takes a step back, and if Brees has to throw more, He's already throw, proven he can throw for 5,000 yards pretty easily. So I, I would probably pick Breeze just in, in who I think is going to win. My favorite odds for this, though, Patrick Mahomes at 15-1. to 1. Oh! The Chiefs defense is going to be terrible. They are going to have to score 35 points to win a lot of games. I think they can but I know they're going to have to. So, so he's my favorite long outside shot Outside of the top five, I mean, he's not that much of a long shot. Because I know. Stafford, Ryan, Garoppolo, then Mahomes. Mahomes is above Kirk Cousins. I would not take Andrew Luck there or Carson Wentz. That's weird. Wait, what, I understand that he's not going to throw 5,000 yards, but Luck and Wentz having better odds than Jared Goff and Deshaun Watson is a little wild to me. I understand Luck having Eli better Manning? odds than Jared Goff. Then Watson, I don't know. No, I know. I'm looking at Eli Manning, Derek. I mean, this is, I don't know, man. This is kind of a weird. (laughs) Eli Manning at 45 to 1 is just a wild choice. Like Russell Wilson is 55 to to 1. Yeah, I don't understand anything about that. Mm. I like Mahomes, though. Mahomes at 15 to 1 is a fun one, but I agree. I'm just picking Breeze. And one of the reasons that I'm picking Breeze as we move to receiving leaders is I think Michael Thomas leads the league in receiving. Okay. He's 14 to 1. Make the case. It's the same stuff we talked about. I just feel like the way he came on at the end of the season, I know that you know his yardage totals haven't been monstrous, and part of that was just because Breeze didn't throw the ball that much last year. Yeah. They had the best running game in the league, but again, I think they're going to be trailing more often than they were a season ago, and I really feel like by the end of last year, we saw what Michael Thomas was kind of rounding into, into just the standing he had in that offense. I just think back to that second half, against Minnesota when he was torching Xavier Rhodes left and right, and Breeze just kept going back to the well. And I know that they have the third-round pick this year, whose name I cannot remember, that is going to be like their third receiver, uh, who's I now it's, I'm blanking on that. And then Cam Meredith is there as well. But I don't think that does enough. Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith. Uh, so Traquan Smith, Cam Meredith, they added a couple receivers, but I still don't feel like that's enough to cut into Michael Thomas's target share. He's the guy I would pick. So I'm going chalk. Plus 225, Mr. Antonio Brown. First of all, one thing I noticed, and maybe this is just quarterbacks in the league right now, but one thing I noticed is that I felt a lot better about the long shots in quarterbacks than I did wide receivers. Like, I don't think Amari Cooper or or Josh Gordon or Golden Tate is or Larry Fitzgerald. Is that because Antonio Brown has led the league in receiving like three times in the well, past four I, years? I'm just generally, I'm, I can't talk myself into Golden Tate at 66-1 yeah. to one in the same way I could someone like Eli Manning or Russell Wilson, 55 to 1. Antonio Brown is going to be so important without Le'Veon Bell. I have no idea what's going on with Le'Veon Bell. I am I, I assume he is sticking to what he said, which was that he's going to miss regular season games in order to maintain his health going into free agency. But fa- until he shows up, Antonio Brown is the focal point of the offense, full stop. So... There's no reason for him to take a step back from consistently leading the league and receiving yards. I'm not picking him. These are two more long shots that I like. Just just kind of throwing it out there. One, Stephon Diggs is 75 to 1. I don't think he'll win because he just doesn't have the volume with Adam Thielen there. But then why is Adam Thielen 16 to 1? That doesn't make any sense to me. I I don't know what's going on with these. That's very strange. Okay. The other one I really like, and it's again, he's not going to win, but it's really fun. 
Marksky's good one. Oh, plus wow. Plus 12,500 is really fun. I thought you were going to say Kelvin Benjamin. No, I'm not saying Kelvin Benjamin. Marksky's good you, one is really fun. I got to tell you, Jarvis Landry being 200 to 1, obviously, obviously, he catches every pass and they go six yards or whatever, but he catches a lot of balls. And he's in a new offense to the That's point why, that we don't I know if he's going to catch a lot of balls or where they'll be. That's I'm just my question. saying it's a pretty crazy thing to put him that low behind Kelvin Benjamin and Robert Woods and Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah, I don't. Really this is understand the year that. I figure out that Smith comes before Schuster and Juju. Uh, you're never going to do nope. it. Nope. This is the year where I mix up Bradley and Nick Chubb six hundred times. It's, it's starting. starting great. It's going to be the next decade. I don't They're both do it rookies. because I think about how you screw it up all the time. Oh, God. It's the new Ben Bob it's, McAdoo Well, it's also life. everyone at our company spells Ezekiel Elliott wrong. Oh, no. I've done this? that for years. Ben, yeah. I thought that Ben Glixman was actually going to murder me once because I used to put one actually, T every time. I spelled it wrong once, and I was I got just reamed because it, it, I'm I was the one who wasn't spelling <laughs> you it broke wrong. the camel's back yeah and I it's 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 it is what it is okay speaking of rushing and let's speaking move, of Ezekiel Elliott Ezekiel Elliott is favored to win the rushing title I don't like that then there's Gurley Bell Fournette David Johnson Saquon Barkley Dalvin not Cook, taking Jordan Le'Veon Howard, Bell Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon and Devontae Freeman so I'm not taking Le'Veon Bell I'm not taking Leonard Fournette I'm definitely not taking Ezekiel Elliott I think that the two good shouts here, I I would not. So first of all, Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook both being twelve to one, I feel like that is a little pricey. Like I I, I would take them both at twenty to one. I'm taking Saquon Barkley. Okay, you're taking him overall. Yes. Okay, make the case. I feel like this is a huge volume play. Yeah. Because so many of these guys, like Gurley gets a lot of volume, but a ton of work in the passing game as well. They try to split that work. I don't know how they're going to use Saquon, obviously, but he's the man there. Wayne Goleman is not going to cut into Saquon Barkley's time. <laughs> I don't know if their game scripts are necessarily going to be conducive to him running the ball a lot and then winning a bunch. Yeah. So that's my concern there a little bit. But think about the conversation around Saquon Barkley for the last however many months. The Giants have heard all of this about how Saquon Barkley was overdrafted and overvalued. They are going to give him the ball so many times. He's going to run. I I guarantee you he gets in the 240 carry range this season. And you need to do that to win this award. Sure. The other one I like for the same kind of volume thought, Melvin Gordon is 20 to 1. He never has a I mean, the last two years, he's averaged 3.9 yards a carry. It's not a good efficiency play. But he is the man there. It's him and Austin Eckler. He's going to get a ton of work again. And I do think that offensive line is going to be better. If Lamp gets back, if Feeney gets better, if Pouncey can solidify the center spot, that's the best interior offensive line they've had in his time there. I also think the Chargers are going to be winning a lot. So I feel like at 20 to 1, he's kind of a good value. Yeah, so a couple things. Number one, Kareem Hunt led the league last year. I don't necessarily see him doing that again. Saquon Barkley is, in my opinion, going to be a low-grade version of Zeke Elliott a couple years ago. Who led the league in rushing as a rookie. He led the league in rushing. And what happened there is he came in, made them immediately better, and then a year or two years later, we realized, oh, actually, they should have taken somebody else. But, but as a short-term play, it was fun. It was good. Everybody had a good time. A lot of jerseys were sold. And for about 18 months, it looked like the pick, okay? We were, we were totally aligned with this. There's a short-term versus long-term thing when you draft a running back like Saquon Barkley, and they're completely different. My advice to everybody is to enjoy the ride because at some point, we will not be talking about Saquon Barkley as the second-best player in that draft. We might be doing that this year. So I definitely think Barkley's in the mix there. How do we feel about Dalvin Cook? I like Dalvin Cook. I don't, again, it's, I worry about the workload coming off an injury. I worry about the workload coming off an injury. And again, we don't know what the Eagles look, or they, excuse me, what the uh, Giants offense is going to look like necessarily. But if we try to kind of graft the way they were using Dalvin Cook in Minnesota last year onto the way that Shermer might use Barkley this year, I feel good about the rushing workload. But we don't know how John Filippo is going to use his backs. Dalvin Cook is the guy there. But we don't know how much he's going to want to put on him in terms of rushing workload. Maybe, again, he catches a lot of balls, things like that. The uncertainty there is what would worry me about Cook. What's up? Is LaShawn McCoy just not on here? No, he's on there. He, he He's was, 28 to 1. He was fourth in the league last year. 
I think that I just have no faith in that offense. Zero. But like every that, fantasy draft I have bought zero LaShawn McCoy and never is, But isn't that is isn't there a theory that maybe they just have nothing else and they just give it to LaShawn McCoy? I don't think play? that matters if he averages three point seven yards a carry and rushes for eleven hundred yards yeah, on the Leonard Fournette at a hundred uh 1,105 yards last year and 3.9 yards per carry. There were two guys in the top eight, Fournette and Gordon. Here's my concern about Fournette. Four yards carry. I don't think, uh, well, just for Fournette this year, I feel like, again, Jacksonville's defense just can't be as good as it was last year. I They're going to be down a lot more. They are not going to be able to just hand the ball to Leonard Fournette 30 times a game. I agree. All right, Kevin, before we move on to the rest of these awards, let's take a quick break. We want to stream NFL Sunday Ticket live every Sunday, even if we can't get to TV where we live, because we want every play, even if we don't live in a house with a satellite, because a lot of us live in apartments or on a college campus, but we still want to stream NFL Sunday Ticket. To see if you're eligible, go online to nflsundayticket.tv and stream every NFL Sunday Ticket game this season to follow your favorite team no matter where you live. Use promo code RINGER at checkout to save 15%. Package is also available for football fans living in areas where DirecTV service is not available. Now back to the Ringer NFL show. Let's move on. We are going to some of the awards now. So, yeah. so let's get to, I mean, I think that we probably just answered this considering what we talked about with the rushing leader stuff. Offensive rookie of the year, just yep, Saquon, right? Barkley. Yeah, just pencil it in. I, 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 just, I also, and, and, and this gets into sort of what we're talking about short-term versus long-term. These rookies are going to make a bunch of mistakes. The, the quarterbacks are going to yeah. make a bunch of mistakes. We're going to be questioning whether or not they should have been drafted five times over. Hey, is Darnold actually the guy? Maybe it's when he throws twenty here. picks, it's going to be yeah. problematic. And, and and then in twenty twenty one, we realize what the actual value was, or twenty twenty, we realize what the actual value was, and Saquon Barkley will not have as much value back then. But as a twenty eighteen proposition, this is going to be a Saquon Barkley league. Two years from now, when the Giants don't have a quarterback and Sam Darnold is real. They are going to wonder what the fuck they did. I firmly believe that. But this year, like you said, it's going to be fun. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I, I'm just going to be shameless about this. Roquan Smith. Okay. I think that he's going to tally up a lot of tackles. I also feel like we've discussed this every year when we kind of talk about awards and why people get them. Narratives matter. And it, Khalil Mack These are getting all to, narrative awards. In Khalil Mack getting to Chicago, that defense possibly taking a leap. Everyone talking about how the addition of him and Roquan really brought them to another level. I feel yeah. like that could absolutely be just a conversation that happens all season, and that's what gets you awards. I'm going Bradley Chubb. I, I don't see a because it was a quarterback heavy draft because the most talented player was probably Saquon Barkley. It's there's no Miles Garrett for me. There's no dominant force where I'm like, this guy is going to take over the league for the next five years. Um, you know, every couple of years, there's a guy like Von Miller, Khalil Mack, who we know is going to be able to sack the quarterback at an NFL level. The closest, first of all, that makes me believe we could see kind of a weird defensive rookie of the year, someone like a Derwin James if he gets enough picks. That's another narrative one. If yeah. the Chargers end up being really good and he's kind of the X factor in their rise, yeah. that's a, that I like that one a lot actually. I would I'm going to guess Bradley Chubb. That's Bradley, not Nick Chubb, Robert Mays. Are you sure? <laughs> it's Bradley okay. Chubb. I'm going to guess that just based on the fact that he's the most athletic and 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 seems to be the most NFL ready to start sacking the quarterback on a Denver defense, it should be improved. But I would not be surprised if we see a guy in the secondary make some moves, if, even if he gets five, six picks. Derwin like James that. is a fun one. I think that that's a really smart one. Okay, let's get to Coach of the Year. Uh, again, usually fits a typical kind of framework. You know, this is a coach whose team vastly overperforms and, you know, defies expectations. It was Sean McVay last year. So who do you think is going if to be that version this year? If you go from like three wins to 10 wins, you win coach of the that's year. That's exactly right. And that's why I picked the guy I did. And then if if they're if there's two teams like that, they go to the team that's most media friendly. <laughs> that's probably true. When, right, who's yours? When Mike Smith won over Tony Sperano in 2008, which was an absolute joke, I remember talking to a reporter and I was like, what was that? And he was like, oh, well, you know, listen, I didn't, didn't get anything from the locker room in, in Miami and I wasn't able to, I didn't get to know who who that coach was because we didn't get the media access. Jesus I was like, Christ. Well, this is a fucking disaster. Okay. Mike Smith is, in my opinion, maybe the worst defensive coordinator in the NFL now. Okay. It's gone really far south for Mike Smith. All right. So, first of all, do you want to know who the favorite is? 
Uh, I do. I don't know the answer. Doug Peterson, which oh! makes no sense. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It does. It, there's a narrative here. Number one, we didn't give it to him last year. And we all seem, I think I we guess all, so. we How all kind of like, Eagles have to win for Doug Peterson all, to win coach wait, of the year. So we all kind of retroactively decided that we all like Doug Peterson. Yeah, I guess so that's I fair. didn't, I didn't know that. I, yeah. like, I did not like Doug Peterson, but I didn't know I liked Doug Peterson until the week of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I was like, whoa, I, I like Doug that. Peterson. I had no real opinion on Doug Everyone's Peterson. trying to make good on that late yeah. realization. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's like when the Yankees gave Derek Jeter a huge contract for no reason or like Kobe Bryant. It's just. <laughs> Like, we're this is a lifetime achievement award, Doug. I also feel this way with my MVP pick, but I don't think it's gonna be Doug Peterson. I think it's gonna be Mr. Andy Reid. Wow. Because here's why. Explain yourself. Here's why. I think with trading, I think the national media perception when you trade out Alex Smith for Patrick Mahomes is, who this is a big risk, guys. This is a big risk. Even if it's not, doesn't matter. Not That's the perception. That. If he's able to build an offense, I also don't think he gets enough credit for his offensive innovation, the RPO stuff. So many of the spread concepts that have worked in the NFL started with Andy Reid. I think if we see Patrick Mahomes execute exactly what Andy Reid has in front of him, it's going to be exciting as hell. He's going to do it in a lot of big games. And if they get to the playoffs, I think you're going to see a lot of buzz for somebody like, I mean, you have to remember Jason Garrett won in 2016 <laughs> because basically he took Dak Prescott and said, How many Coach of the Year awards guy. do you think that Andy Reid has? Uh, one. 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 2002. It's a strange one. Yeah. Was there anything remarkable about the 2002 Philadelphia hey, Eagles? Hey, wait, wait, wait. But the two years before that. Dick Duran and then Jim Haslett. Oh, fuck. The Dick Duran thing is great, though. The 01 Bears were wonderful. They were a very fun team. They were not very good, but they were very exciting. There's not a lot of good coaches on this list. This, you, you don't need to be a good coach to get on that list. That's the thing. Didn't Jack Del Rio win it two years ago? Mm, Jason Garrett won it. Oh, that's Ron right. Ron Rivera. See? Yes. You, they, often you don't need to be a good coach. I Bruce say, Arians won when he wasn't even the coach of the Colts. So That's great stuff. Tied. With Doug Peterson, one Mr. Matt Nagy, because Ooh. he fits the, Ooh. he absolutely fits the billing to the T of guys that win this. If the Bears win 10 games, Matt Nagy wins. I don't know if the Bears are going to win 10 games, though. Th it's still such an unknown for me with the offense. My pick for this, and it should come as no surprise to anyone, is Kyle Shanahan. Okay. Six wins to 10 wins, yeah. 14 to one. He's my favorite for this. Okay, but I've got a dark horse. It's Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer's pretty good. I that's a good dark horse. Because I he think has you better odds they, than Shanahan. They have a, well, that's, here's the thing. They won When the media looks at it, they're gonna say, well, Shanahan was the guy last year. So you're only improving yeah. on Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. That's part of the problem. Is there has yeah, to be a tangible this is change? Jimmy Garoppolo. There yeah. has to be a tangible change. That's why the Mahomes thing is a sneaky big thing. That's why I think even if the Chargers go on the run, a lot of us expect them to go on. Anthony Lynn was the guy who who you know, held them had, back last year. Had yeah. Throughout the kickers who kept missing the kicks. <laughs> Water just came through my nose. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, Todd Bowles being last uh, year is yeah, I think that's I think that's risky. I think Todd what if the Jets win nine games with Sam Darnold? I'm just saying. Todd Bowles should not be last. Sean McDermott should be last. Hugh, Hugh, Jackson, Hugh Jackson should be last. Should be Hugh last. Jackson should be last. What if the Browns win eight games? I don't think I think that's a talent thing. I think John Dorsey wins executive of the year. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I feel like we soured on Hugh Jackson. Just Steve as a football watching public. Pete Carroll. I got to, hey, Pete Carroll at 33 to 1. No, thank you. I I'm out. I, nope, I'm out. You cannot convince me. I don't know. <laughs> um all right. I by the way, I've been working on this impression that is both Tony Romo and Chris Collins at the heard same it. time. I've heard it. Yeah, and nobody around, fan. and I don't even know what it. Is. I don't even know what it is. It just announced your voice. I run a play action, Jim. Yeah, it's it's the it's the Chris Collinsworth kind of old and grizzled with the Tony Romo excitement. It's like trying to combine well, them into if one. I, if I'm predicting a play, then it's just Tony. Then Romo. It's just Tony Romo. Sure. Here comes an RPO, Jim. <laughs> All right, we're, we're workshopping it. Let's get to some made up ones because yeah. we have to throw a couple of those in there. Let's talk about just who you feel like your crush is going to be that emerges mm. over the season. I feel like that was Alvin Kamara for a lot of people last year. Just the guy who comes out of nowhere, you're just like, God, I like watching this guy play. Mine is pretty easy to pinpoint. Uh, I feel like 
you know, it's not hard to figure out. It's Quentin Nelson. Okay. I'm just going to love watching Quentin Nelson destroy people this year. A new, just mauling offensive lineman I can watch crush humans for 17 weeks is going to be really enjoyable. I think Quentin Nelson is number one for me. And obviously, Cleo Mack is just in a different conversation, but the crush I will develop is definitely Quentin Nelson. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think there's there's a couple of layers to this. If you're going to, if Cleo Mack is in a different category, I think Miles Garrett sure. is a guy, even though he was the first overall pick and had tons of expectations, we were hearing about him essentially since the day he stepped on campus at Texas A&M that he was going to be an NFL player. But... You know, seven sacks and nine starts last year and just a a gem of a human being. I think we're going to see if there's any improvement from that Cleveland defense, he's going to lead the way. And I talked to him. Uh, we we discussed, you know, he, he kind of, I know there's people here who got upset about this because they think it's ridiculous, but he kind of sees the hole that LeBron left in, in the sports scene and wants the Browns. silly thing to be upset about. The guy wants to be great. What the fuck is wrong with that? I have no I idea. Just people have, are ridiculous. No, we have NBA fans here who just get all the territory about NBA stuff. And so the... Their football can't have a LeBron? I don't, like, why? Can't. Um, no, but I'm not even saying Miles Garrett is saying he's going to be LeBron. That's not... I, I'm saying that they... They all want to take a step in the right direction because they know, I mean, obviously you want to take a step in the right direction anyway, but I feel like there's a slight extra little push there because the city of Cleveland really needs something right now. And I know I know there's a big debate about intangibles and all this stuff, but I really do think, I think intangibles are kind of important. I think motivation are kind of important. Yes. And I think that that's a very real thing. And I think that any extra edge, I, I do believe in things that, that, that you cannot see. Did you see Miles Garrett teaching a guy who's been in the league for three years how to do pass rush moves on hard knocks? Yeah. Like the guy, I really like him. I, I hope that he succeeds. And you actually, you didn't make the connection there necessarily, but you mentioned Cleo Mack and him in the same sentence. Yeah. This reminds me of kind of the jump that Cleo Mack took in his second year. You know, he had a handful of sacks his first year. I think he had five. So, you know, Garrett had a better season probably statistically, but mm-hmm. I feel like the same kind of just explosion could be coming where he turns in a season that he just has 16, something like that. I totally agree with you. So mine are, uh, so, okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Let's go to Red Zone MVP, which we do every year. Just the guy that is going to be showing up on your TV every 20 minutes, it seems, doing something ridiculous. I don't want to pick too many Bears. I was going to throw out Tariq Cohen just because I feel like he can fill that Tyreek Hill role on the Bears offense. If the Bears offense is good, it just seems like he could be doing fun stuff all the time. But I feel like I don't want to mention him for every single one of these, but it definitely could be Mahomes. I mean, if he's throwing 70-yard bombs every week, like he's a prime candidate for this kind of thing. I think it's going to be Saquon Barkley. Yeah, he's another one. I mean, yeah, I, I, I these overlap, but I yeah, but for obvious reasons, of course. So yes. <laughs> last year I did the red zone power rankings. They do it every year, and the number one team for me was the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I think that in order to be exciting down by the red zone, something has to happen. You either have to score a touchdown, you have to do a spin well, you move, score long touchdowns too. Yeah, yeah. And you just just be visually arresting. I mean, I think the Chargers are like that too, where. I, it doesn't. They don't win every game, but every game is exciting. Every single Philip Rivers drive, way. something happened. Oh, we're here. Come last year, I asked Andrew Siciliano and Scott Hansen, who hosts the Red Zone, about this, and I I thought that they had similar sort of standards as us, where we just want to see excitement. All they care about, not all they care about, but a lot of the stuff they care about is just what happens at the end of the windows. And so they love teams like the Chargers because it's just. For some yeah. reason, it's 25 to 24. It's a great call. And Phillip Rivers is 40 yards away. I want the Chargers to be better, so I don't like that, but I get where they're coming from. I just think, you just imagine without the Chargers how much more boring 355 on Sunday would be. So you're, yeah, you're, oh my God, yeah. The second slate especially. We need those West Coast Chargers there are certain making things times, interesting. There are certain times on a Sunday they're just owned by certain people like the the second half maybe the fourth quarter of the late Sunday games for like five years was just Tony Romo driving against the Giants that's all it was for five years and Joe Buck saying <laughs> Romo's got a chance to win I just did Pat Summerall there but you know and then it's it, that's the all the announcers are just one person every to you. Sunday night game is Cowboys against the Eagles. And every Sunday afternoon game is Cowboys against the Giants. <laughs> They're only Cowboys games. It's all only we have Cowboys anymore. games. And for five years at, at 6.55, it was just Tony Romo driving. 
That's all it was. All right. Do you want to move on to the real big awards? Yes. Offensive player of the year. This fits another, I mean, these all fit similar structures, but I think that offensive player of the year aligns with passing leader to me often. Those two just usually go hand in hand. And that's why I would just throw out Breeze and Mahomes again. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's just most likely. I think the Saints are going to have to score a lot of points. I think Breeze throws for a lot of yards. So he's definitely the favorite for me here. Uh, Agree. All right. Defensive player of the year. Yeah. You uh, just get it out of the way. What am I going to do? Go, go, go. Again, it's if he just totally turns around the Bears defense and they have a really good year. uh, If the guy piles up double digit sacks, everyone's going to be watching him with bated breath. A team has traded two first round picks for him and then got back a second. So uh, that's it. I, I mean, I have to choose him. I have no option here. Okay, so. There's a couple of options here. I, I will float before I get to my pick, Miles Garrett, but I just don't think, I think this is a relevance pick. I think that the, it's, om- mm-hmm. it's, it's sort of, it's not a million miles away from coach of the year where it's just like, if you are on a relevant team and you're wrecking games, you're going to be defensive player of yeah. the year. And so a guy like Miles Garrett is not going to be in consideration because I just don't think he's going to play enough big games. I think that, if I had to guess, I would guess Joey Bosa because I think he's automatically going to— It's a good one. I think he's automatically going to be relevant because they're going to play in a lot of big games. And I think he he's going—here's the thing. Joey Bosa is going to wreck the game no matter if if the Chargers are 2-14 and 14 or 14-2. 14 and two. This is an attention award. And people are going to see Joey Bosa make plays. I think a lot of these, especially with Khalil Mack, a lot of these— Defensive Player of the Year awards go for big moments, strip sacks to end games. Totally. Uh, did you things you're not even supposed to do? Did you get an interception return for a touchdown? Like that kind of stuff enhances your value. If you just go out there and have 20 sacks, yeah, you're probably going to win the award. But you clinch it with sort of signature moments in a season. It's not unlike the Heisman in that regard. You're totally right. The other thing about Bosa, and it's a really good pick. He fits the profile of guys that have recently won this. Uh, really highly drafted pass rushers that just kind of take over in their third or fourth season. Yep. So Von Miller did this, Cleo Mack did this, and Bosa fits right in along with that. Uh, my couple of long shots that I like, there aren't that many. Yeah. Um, we've had a lot of Jalen Ramsey conversations over the last year. If he gets 10 interceptions, he's 18 to 1, the odds I'm looking at right now. J.J. Watt is the favorite. Mm. I uh, love J.J. Watt with all my heart. Coming off an injury, I don't know about that one. That's that one. I'm I'm gonna short that one if given the chance. So, uh, yeah, the other ones, it, it, I just think that and there aren't very many that I like. Tyron Matthew is plus forty five hundred. I mean, again, I love Tyron Matthew, but not sure about that. The field is plus eighteen hundred. I don't hate that actually. The field, I, yeah. There aren't that many guys. What was the one bet you've ever placed on the NFL? It was a prop bet for an award. I bet on uh, LaShawn McCoy to win the rushing title of 25-1 to his first year with Chip Kelly. Did he? Yes. Okay. I, that's, I was just so sure about that. I, was, I felt very good about it. That's the only one I've ever done. That was years and years and years ago. And then the one I'm really bummed about, 2011, for my birthday, Simmons asked me who I wanted to win, who I thought was a good Super Bowl bet. And he put $100 on the Texans for me when I was in Vegas and didn't tell me. They were 33 to one. And that was the year where they looked really good. And that was the year the shop got hurt. And they had to go to Matt Leinart and then to TJ Yates. At 33 to one, I felt pretty damn good after they made the playoffs. Then they did not win. So that was tough for me. That was the only two I remember. I think I bet, I think I had my dad bet on the Mark Brunel beats John Elway playoff game. Wow. I think that happened. Just the stuff that happens in Florida, man. Well, it was in, I was in Vegas okay. in January. There it is. I love it. Place the bet, baby. All right. MVP. Who are you going with? I, you, I, what you said earlier piqued yeah. my interest about kind of Lifetime Achievement Awards, which I was like, who hasn't won it? Well, no, no. It's not that. It's not that. It's okay. not that. It, All right. I just think that it's just someone who we want to give the award to him, and it's Drew Brees. Drew Brees has never won an NFL MVP award. That's baffling. His big year, his big, it was big breakout. Oh, nine. Well, okay. Well, well no. Oh, after, nine Katrina, is okay. after Katrina, he joins. Oh, six. Oh, six. That's Danian Tomlinson. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, then you God. get into Brady, three and four of Manning, Brady again, Rodgers, Peterson. Oh, nine, obviously, he beats, he beats Manning in the Super Bowl, but that was a Manning MVP. Oh, eight was his first 5,000-yard season, correct? Yeah, we got, he got okay. Manning. Okay. He got Peyton. <laughs> he got Peyton. 
Brady gets his third last year. We know that I think there's a, first of all, you don't feel like the Saints are going to win enough games for this. I, I think they could. Okay. I, I absolutely think they could. I, the thing about the Saints that makes them dangerous, and we'll get into this when we talk about playoff teams and everything else, I just think the realm of outcomes, the range of outcomes for the offense is so small because they have Breeze, and now they have Teddy, which is a really nice thing, but just beside the point. I, I feel like the offense is going to be good. I don't know how good the defense is. I think there's a like the world. There is a world in which the Saints win 13 games and he wins the NBA. I think Absolutely. you. I think they. I think that if he wins 10 games, if they win 10 games and he throws for close to 5,000 yards, which I'm ready to believe anything with that offense, I'm ready to believe anything with Drew Brees' counting stats. That I think. I think he has a very strong argument. That would go against the way that guys typically win the MVP. I agree with you. But all, having said that, Drew Brees has never won the MVP. I that could definitely be a driving force behind this. I think that's a really good. Point. I just think I remember reading Bill James when I was really young. He's sixteen to one, by the way. I remember reading Bill James when I was really young, and he was talking about someone maybe Ron Santo not getting in the Hall of Fame. And he was like, I just think we crime. should put him in because there's just not enough third baseman in. And it's like sometimes that's a good argument. Just yeah. like. Doesn't matter what his I mean does matter what his numbers are, but like you know what Drew Brees doesn't have an MVP. Just give an MVP. Don't care. He needs one. We're gonna look back on this era and we're gonna say, wait, why didn't Drew Brees win an MVP? We gave one to Cam Newton and Matt Ryan. It, it's crazy. I, I both of those were justified at the time. I'm just saying history will judge us poorly when we look back and Drew Brees doesn't have an MVP. But here is you bringing up Matt Ryan and Cam Newton is a great point because that's what I'm talking about. Those are the guys that win MVPs. It's the quarterback on the team that takes over the NFL. And that's why my pick is a little wonky because I'm picking Todd Gurley. Whoa! Because I th- I put the Rams at number one in my power rankings. Okay. I-, I just think that the Rams are going to be the story of the season. I think that they're going to win upwards of 14 games. You need to want to win 15 games in order to do it. Mm-hmm. As good as the Eagles are this year— the Eagles just want to win 10 games and get back to the Super Bowl. They've already owned the NFL for a season. They've already owned the story. The Rams did everything in their power to do it over the last six months. And I think that if they really take the league by storm, it would be the quarterback of that team typically. But I just don't know if the way the workload on that team pans out, that Jared Goff is going to have enough stats to do it. Or if we're going to say Jared Goff is the reason this team is good. Gurley, if he gets 2,500 yards from scrimmage and just completely dominates yet again, I feel like he's the guy on that team that could possibly win. Here's the thing you have to worry about. When University of Miami had its great running backs in the early 2000s, they did not win the Heisman. Guys like Willis McGahee, not even a question. Because Ken Dorsey would split the vote. Yeah. Because we were just like, oh, this is a quarterback. Yeah. This is a quarterback who deserves our votes. And I just feel like if there's going to be a MVP from the Rams, it would have to be a quarterback because there's going to be so many votes going to the quarterback just just from just reflexively. That's what we do. We panic and we just vote for the quarterback. I understand that. But let's just hypothetically say. So last year, Jared Goff, 3,800 yards, 28 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. What if he has that year again and Gurley has 2,500 yards from scrimmage? I, uh, uh, listen, this is, not the, this is not the actual most valuable player award in the league. This is the, oh, correct. This is, this is the person we've all decided is the MVP. It's a completely separate and, topic. And I think that if the Rams defense is dominant and they're just crushing people, yeah. and Jared Goff does not have to throw the ball 35 times a game, I just think it could happen. I, I, just see, I agree with you. I I, just, this, I'm just looking at the voting here. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. People always ask us for advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you do, you got to check out my bookie. I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Not to mention, they have in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. Plus, for you fantasy guys out there, You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. So lay down some cash and win big today. You win, they pay. Join now and MyBookie will match your first deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code RINGERNFL when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. 
And don't forget to use the promo code RINGERNFL when creating your account to claim your bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. This episode is brought to you by Miller Lite. Look, here in The Ringer, we have our disagreements, but there shouldn't be any debate about this. Miller Lite is the great tasting light beer. With only 96 calories and 3.2 grams of carbs, that's fewer calories and half the carbs of Bud Light. So there's really nothing more to talk about. If you have a real argument, let me hear it. Until then, stick with Miller Lite. Miller Lite, hold true. Now back to the show. Let's go division by division, who you think is going to win. Let's start with the NFC East. I'm going with the Eagles. I don't feel good about it. I would not sleep on the Giants. I think that's fair. I'm going with the Eagles. I feel decent about it. I put them at four. I put them fourth in my power rankings, and I kind of laid out something we talked about a little bit in the wins pool. You liken them to the Seahawks in recent years, or maybe they get off a little bit slow. You know, obviously the Wentz thing. They have well, other just, injuries. It's a Wentz thing. It's also once you win a Super Bowl, you know how to win a Super exactly. Bowl, and you're not panicked about September fifteenth. And you say, you know what? And also, it's a veteran-laden team. I mean, this happens. You see this in the NBA a lot. I well, compared LeBron, them to the Spurs today. LeBron's That's exactly teams, what I did. Spurs, is compared them to the 2000 Spurs. like, everyone's freaking out on December 1st. What's wrong with that? And yeah. they're just like, That's cool, man. I'll see you. See you in the playoffs. I'm still picking them. See you in the think second round of the playoffs. I think they'll do enough, and they'll be ready to go come playoff time. I agree. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm just talking from a division standpoint. Yep. If they win, I think they win the 12 th- or 13 games needed. Oh, see, I don't think they win 12 or 13 games. I could see them winning that division 10 and 6. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like they get off to a pretty slow start and they understand what they need to do to get there. NFC so, West. NFC West, uh, I'm picking the Rams. Yep. I mean, we, we just talked about it. So, I mean, I feel like they're going to have the best record in the NFL. Yep. Shame. NFC South. Ooh. Uh, New Orleans Saints. I am picking the New Orleans Saints as well. I think the Panthers and the Falcons are both really good to the point that they both might make the playoffs. I, I think, think there might be three. They're, I think they're teams. right on the cusp. I, I I will talk about this. I have the Falcons in. I do not have the Panthers in. I don't know what to make of the Panthers. It just feels like you can set your watch by their defense. I mean, they were in top 10 again last year. Some issues at corner. Uh, on the other side from James Bradbury is Dante Jackson, the second round pick. So you know, the Panthers have showed that they can overcome you know, young corners. They did it two years ago with Bradbury and Daryl Worley, but it, there were some growing pains there early in the season. So uh, we'll see. I also don't know how they're on Turner. How the new, how the Ron Turner thing is going to work out? I don't know. How I the do. North, if it was a Ron Turner, <laughs> I, I thing, wouldn't know how the Ron Turner thing is going to work, work out. I don't know how the North Turner thing is going to go. Their offensive line is already banged up. You know, if they can get Daryl Williams back, I yeah. like that. But he just had surgery. I, I mean, this is not a recent. I mean, this is a recent thing. It was July. And Daryl Moton is a first-year left tackle, possibly. So there's just a lot of stuff going on there that it gives me some pause about their playoff chances in general. And NFC North. NFC North. This is a big one for you, buddy. I'm going with the Vikings. I am, too. Yeah. Okay. And now tell me what the Bears are going to do. I'm not picking the Bears to make the playoffs. Okay. Neither am I. I'm just, I just I'm wanted just to see where you were going to go with that. You know what? It just, I'm just going to be pleasantly surprised when they do. All right. AFC East. The Patriots. Yep. I mean, it's is this the worst version of the Patriots led NFC or AFC East that you can remember? Um, do you mean just where there's just no other contenders? Not that there are no other contenders. That the other teams are so actively horrible. <laughs> um, what was going on in like 2004 when the when the Dolphins were absolutely terrible? The Jets were never good. The that Jets was before were never the Jets good. before Rex got there. The Bills were. That was what, what I mean, the Jets went ten and six that year. Wait, yeah, the, the year the Dolphins went four and twelve. Yeah, I mean it's that was that was actually an okay year for for the NFC. I just feel AFC, like the, I feel like the Bills are going to be the worst team in the NFL. I think that the Jets again, it it doesn't matter. Like Donald could throw twenty picks this year, and who no one gives the a early shit. part of of the Patriots dynasty. The Dolphins were okay, and then the Jets were pretty good in the mid the late late two thousands. Yeah. The Bills have given it a run a couple times recently. They've been fine. Yeah, yeah, they've been t- they, solid. But I think that the fact that I think the Dolphins are going to be actively bad. You don't think they're going to be as bad as I? Well, do. I had them in the wins pool. Yeah. So that's that's the most important thing in my life. <laughs> All right, uh, AFC North. I want to pick against the Steelers. So do I, but I'm not going to because I don't like the other teams. I'd love to pick against the Steelers. Um. I'm going to pick the Steelers. I don't feel good about it. In a perfect world, I'd love to pick the Cincinnati Bengals, but we already have Mr. Bill Simmons on that corner. 
I don't like the Bengals. I just I don't, don't think I don't their line is good it. enough. I don't, I don't understand what's going on good there. Enough. All right. I don't um, think they have no talent on defense I also to think carry the, a mediocre the, offense. I also think the Ravens are going to be okay. I think okay. the Ravens are going to be okay. – both okay. those teams are okay. In the optimal term. I think the Steelers eke out 10 wins. That's win exactly how I feel about how the division plays out. I also feel like the Browns are going to be better than people think. I, I will maintain that. I All think right. they could absolutely win seven or eight games. AFC South, we know where this one's going. This is tough, man. I feel like – I don't know if this is the best division in the NFL, but I know that it will be an annoying division for the teams in it. There are no easy outs. If you have the AFC South on your schedule this year, it's going to be a pain in the ass because all of those teams, I feel like, are going to be competent if luck plays. I agree. I think the luck thing is going to take two months to to shake itself out. I, I don't think you're wrong about that. I, I can absolutely see that happening, but he's Andrew Luck, and if he's healthy, I think that team will just be a tough out every week for teams. So the way I see it shaking out, and this may be odd, I think the Texans win that division. I, yeah. Why okay. is that odd? Because everyone loves Jacksonville. Yeah, but they, I mean, their their quarterback situation is to the point that you just cannot trust them. I totally agree. And I think they're going to put more on him. I don't trust that staff in terms of, like, the offense. I don't believe they can do enough and are creative enough to really get the most out of their players. They also have no receivers. I mean, it's Keelan Cole, DJ Chark, and uh, Dante Moncrief. Like, I know it's... People are going to say, well, they did it without receivers last year. Yeah, the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles last year. You don't want to do it all the time. Like, it's just, you don't need to make it harder on yourself. And as much as I love the defense, they're not going to score seven defensive touchdowns. If you, if you can win the Super Bowl without an elite quarterback, yes, but but everything (laughs) else has to go right for you. Yes. The easiest shortcut to a Super Bowl thing that solves all of your problems is having a really good quarterback. And Deshaun Watson has that capability. Then the defense, I think, is going to be much, much better. If everybody's healthy, it's a completely different deal. AFC West. Los Angeles Chargers. Totally agree with you. I, I mean, I feel like they have the best roster in the AFC top to bottom. I don't, there are not that many weaknesses on that team. If the offensive line comes together, I, I think that they'll be able to run the ball much better. I love... I know there's no Hunter Henry. I mean, and that's a problem because Rivers is so good throwing to that area of the field, and Henry really came on last year. But if you look at the way they've used Allen in the preseason, he took 70% of his snaps in the slot. And I know they wanted to have it be more 50-50, but it seems like it's even gone past that middle line now. So I feel like they're going to be able to really succeed with those three receiver sets where it's Allen, Tyrell Williams and Mike Williams and then Travis Benjamin sprinkled in there. I really like that team. Hey, you know that like viral clip a couple years ago? I think it was Trent Dilfer where he was like, in order to win in the National Football League, you've got to learn to not lose. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. And like, I understand why that's funny. I think it's very funny. Yes. But I kind of feel that way with the Chargers. I know. You're so right. I hate where, it. Where I it's just like, so much. Let me love it's you. Like, it's like, you know what, guys? Let's learn not to lose. Let's learn not to just somehow give up a massive so play with 55 seconds left. Let's learn to not throw out the crappy kicker for some reason and have him miss chip shots. I just, there's just so many, if you gave Belichick the Chargers, there would be some problems for the NFL. Oh my God. I'm not saying Anthony Lynn's a bad coach. I'm just saying we saw some issues last year from a strategic standpoint. He would turn Derwin James into like a flaming hunk of knives. Like it would be terrifying. And he might be anyway. He never would have taken Joey Bosa. He would have just kept trading back. <laughs> the Bosa Ingram thing is so fun. I, the corners are excellent. You throw Derwin James in there. Julio Day is a very good secondary safety. That, that's a really good team. All right. AFC wildcard teams. Oh boy. You know, I'm gonna say that, uh, first of all, this gets into what happened last year, which is not enough good AFC teams. Yes. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs based on Mr. Andy Reid. I'm with you on that. I guess, I guess, by virtue of their defense, I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I am not going to do that. Okay. I'm picking the Titans. I like the Titans. I feel this is like a Matt this, is the, pick, baby. this is a Matt LaFleur and Dean Pease pick. I think he's an underrated defensive coordinator. I really do. Dean Pease pick. And I like their personnel. I just feel like John Robinson has done a very good job assembling that team. And I feel like now he has a coaching staff that can play in place that could actually kind of unlock it. It's, it's Mariota. 
If Mariota yep. can really take a step back, I guess take a step forward with the floor, if that offense coalesces, if they really learn how to use those weapons, I think that team could be really fun. The Chiefs, I think, could win 11 games. It's solely by virtue of their offense. I have zero faith in their ability to stop anybody, but I have a lot of faith in their ability to score 35 points a game. 30. Yeah. Not 35. I mean, 35. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. you All right. NFC wildcard. San Francisco 49ers. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we I picked Kyle Shannon to be coach of the year. I, I think that they could 100% make the playoffs. I have a lot of faith in Jimmy Garoppolo in that offense. I like the moves they made on the offensive line. You know, even without Jarek McKinnon, I think that offense is going to be able to go. All right. I'm going to go with the Packers and I'm going to go with the Falcons. I have too many playoff teams. I want both of those. Can I have three? Can there be seven NFC playoff teams? You just work out what you need to work out on that, on that side of the table, buddy. I say the Falcons will just miss it. Okay. And, but they'll have, I mean, I think they'll go 10 and six. And I think the Packers will make the playoffs. You know what? Fuck it. Let's put the seven? Falcons oh, in. Oh, no. I thought we were going to go to nope, seven nope, playoff teams. No, nope, nope. let's put the Falcons in. I think the Packers win 10 games. You know, why not? The Packers don't deserve just to get in. I, I just think it's going to be a log jam. I think there are so many good teams. What we know is if Rodgers plays an entire season, the Packers win a dozen or 10 games. They yeah. win double digit games if he plays. I think it's going to happen again. I just feel like there are going to be a lot of very good teams in the NFC. I like the Falcons. I think that their offense comes back a little bit. You know, they're, they were so good between the 20s last year. They were second in the league in yards per drive, uh-huh. 27th in touchdowns per red zone trip. It, that stuff comes back around. I think they're going to throw the ball to Julio 100 times down near the goal line. All right. NFC championship game. So a lot of this obviously has to do with the seeds and all that, but if I had to say who the two best teams, two teams equipped to get to the NFC title game are, I would say it's the Vikings, and I would say it's the Rams, and I would choose the Vikings. I got Rams over Eagles. Okay. I think the Vikings are the second seed. I think the Eagles... To the chagrin of Vikings fans, we'll get back to the NFC Championship game. I think we talked. That we might, talked about that might push them over the edge. Oh, it might be the last straw. I love. Here's I was I was breaking down these teams. One of the things I really think about is okay, if it all goes wrong, you know, if it they just have so many injuries, who's equipped to sustain? And what I liked about what the Vikings did is, especially on defense, they went out and got some depth. So they. Drafted my cues in the first round. So if they lose a corner, which corner is kind of like offensive line. If you get hurt there, it can just torpedo your defense. And they're set up. You know, yep. They have Mackenzie Alexander. They have Mike Hughes. Whatever you think of Alexander, he has provides some depth. And then going to get Georgia Loca was huge. The idea that they're just going to be able to slot him in if they lose one of their starters, that he'll just be a rotation guy, big get. What worries me about the Vikings, their offensive line is already hurt. And I know they went out and they traded for Brett Jones to, at center, but Pat Elfline has not gotten back yet. Rashad Hill is not the type of right tackle that you need. Tom Compton is their left guard. Their offensive line shuffling already worries me. When you're trying to move guys around before you even start, that is a recipe for disaster often. I think the rest of the talent is enough to lift them, but I'm a little bit concerned about that. Well, the other thing I like in terms of, again, worst case scenario, I love that the Saints went out and got Teddy Bridgewater. Because on the off chance Drew Brees does get hurt, usually that would be the end. The season would be over if Drew Brees got hurt. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl team if Teddy Bridgewater is their quarterback, but having Teddy Bridgewater, you can still be a playoff team with the rest of the talent on that team. Isn't it kind of strange we say on the off chance that Drew Brees gets hurt when 12 years ago he had an injury that people thought was going to end his career? Well, he, I mean, he's played so No, just, I know. It's just amazing to me how, how, yeah, how relentlessly healthy he's been since that Incredible. AFC championship game Patriots over the Los Angeles Chargers in, I'm flipping in, those in stub up <laughs> could you imagine could you imagine an AFC championship game with 27,000 Patriots fans and 55 Chargers fans? not only can I imagine it I think it's going to happen oh wow I the best, the best game in Stub Pub since Zlatan Ibrahimovic's debut. It's going to be bizarre for that to go down, but I really do think the Chargers are that good. And I also just think the rest of the AFC is that weak. I don't yeah. like the Steelers this year. I think the Chiefs are still a little bit away because I don't trust the defense. 
I think the Chargers absolutely can get there, and I just don't want to pick the Patriots. Like I, if in that in the moment when we get there, I may change this and pick the Patriots, but right now I think the Chargers just it, it's more fun. All Sorry, and and then like let's get to it. What's your Super Bowl pick? It's the New England Patriots over the Vikings. Rams over the Chargers. Oh, like we had Super the final Bowl. four. Here's the thing. So first of all. What percentage of LA is aware that they have a team? I know. If 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 they get to the Super Bowl, I'm not. We did. We were piloting some video stuff the other day, and we had someone who's not an NFL person, on or a sports person, on just to talk, just so we could see what things would look like. And it's a native Angelino who did not know their NFL teams here. There are two, and I think they'll play each other in the Super Bowl. This is this is. Viral marketing to raise awareness in LA that hey, there are football teams. That's what I'm after, man. And um, uh, I'm picking the Rams. So here's the thing: until proven otherwise, I'm just going to keep picking the Patriots to make the Super Bowl. I'm just tired of doing it. That's why I'm not doing it. It's just boring. I I, it, I just want something different. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't nope. blame you though. Not going to do it. Just keep picking them. That's fine. Until I, I proven otherwise, they're just going to keep making the Super Bowl. I'm not worried about the receivers thing because there is no, I wrote about this today when I was talking about the Patriots, there is no team better equipped to deal with a lack of receivers than New England. I think two teams in the NFL used 11 personnel less often last year. Julian Edelman will be back. You know, when Sony Michelle gets back, they'll have that stable of backs they can just throw out there. I mean, this team doesn't want to use three receivers on the field at the same time. So it doesn't worry me that much. What does worry me about that a little bit is that I feel like the change between Brandon Cooks to more 12 and more 20, 21, 22, all of that, it puts a lot on Gronk. Yeah. I know they don't want to use him during the regular season. Can he hold up if they have to use him a little bit more often? Or do they say, fuck it, we're going to win 10 games no matter what? Yeah, that's my thought, is that maybe the Patriots take a much different approach to the regular season in hopes of keeping someone like Gronk healthy, keeping his usage rate down, because totally I think happy. that's the most important thing. I also think that when you, one of the things Belichick likes to do, and I hear there's some smart people in the league all the time, is he likes to put so many different looks on tape so then he can exploit them down the road. And a good example of this, something I've heard from a couple people now, is he loves to put Gronk on a linebacker and then just not throw to him. So that teams think they can do that. And it's almost like not throwing to Gronk can actually be, in, <clears throat> in the long term, a very effective strategy. Because if you throw to Gronk every time there's a mismatch, it's not going to have the same chess match approach that not throwing to Gronk does. So mm -hmm. I do think, even though Gronk is as talented there is as a pass catcher in the entire NFL, it's interesting to me that maybe using him as a decoy against the Jets when it doesn't matter is could be effective in January and February. Well, that's the long game they play because they know they're always going to be playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. That's it. We're here. There's football tonight. Are you excited? I, it's sneaking up on me. I know. I'm not ready for it. It's. I, I know that there's a football game tonight. That's registered to me, but it, it doesn't make sense that it's week one of the NFL season and it matters. Maybe it'll catch on in my brain in like the first quarter or something. We're like the Patriots. Wake us up in January. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. I don't, this doesn't matter. All right. So a little bit of house cleaning before we get out of here. We are going to be coming on a slightly different schedule to you this year. We will yeah. be recording on Sunday nights, coming to you for your Monday morning commute every week. And then we will be recording Thursday, Thursday mornings. mornings to come to you a little bit later on Thursday. So we will not be able to recap the Thursday night game anymore, but Damn. we will be previewing it. Damn. I know. What a, what a crushing blow to the podcast. We will be I was about to make a joke about Titans-Jaguars, but that's now an alluring matchup. That's yeah, actually a pretty damn good game. Yeah. It'll be a Sunday night game now. So we will be coming to you on Thursday, Thursday during, the game, during the day. That will be our preview podcast. We'll still be looking forward to the week ahead, all of that, but it'll be coming a little earlier to you every week. So we will be recording this Sunday night. We will be recapping everything that happens in week one. We will be in your ears on Monday morning. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy football tonight. Go read the ringer.com. Kevin and I both wrote a lot in the last month. We'd like if you read some of it. Some of it's okay. And uh, as always, thank you guys for listening yeah. to the Ringer NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network.
Today's show is sponsored by ADT. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. Complete with features like game day service, ADT automation that unlocks the front door for friends who arrive at your place for the game while you're still out getting snacks, or home run service, which lets you check in on your home's cameras even while you're in the nosebleeds. All from the ADT app with the sound of your voice. Visit ADT.com slash smart to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. 